office box, a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? What's that? Hand off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. And uh, Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture and sometimes fermenting food and restaurants and local businesses. And, well, it's, I, don't, I suppose I could spend the next half hour telling you what the show's about, but let's just have the show. What do you think? Um, I have a guest in the studio by the name of David Klingenberger. Hello, David. Hello, Mike. How you doing? I'm very fine. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Could you step a little closer to the mic yes. so we can hear your thoughts and insights and stuff? It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I've ever had a CFO on my show before. Well, I don't know if there's ever been a, a CFO such as myself. I'm the chief fermenting officer of the brinery. It's a made-up term where you like to make up playful terms that don't actually really wouldn't stand up in court or anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But now that you've made it up, it actually is real. It's because, a real thing. Because you have a local business called The Brinery. That's right. And you ferment stuff. We ferment vegetables, and our tagline is stimulating your inner economy. Mm. And uh, we ferment vegetables. We make pickles, kimchi, sauerkraut, all fermented vegetables. And then we make tempeh, hot sauce, kvass, uh, different things like that. What is kvass, by the way? Because I'm not sure about that. Kvass, and I'm holding a jar in my hand, which I'm going to send you home with. Okay. Um, I'm it, going home in a jar? Wait, no. <laughs> I will send you home with the jar. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's kvass. Kombucha would be a type of kvass. It's, these are fermented beverages that are fermented not for alcohol, but just for the bubbly uh, flavor and health. And so kvass is very uh, strong. It's culturally in uh, Russia. And kombucha would fit into that category. Uh, this is a beet kvass. And I, I would describe it as an earth soda. And in Russia, actually, there's a, uh, there's a movement to turn away from Coca-Cola, which represents you know, industrialization, imperialism, you know, the West... And they, they say, drink kvass. And it's, hmm. uh, it's a peasant drink. And there used to be little donkey carts hauling around, big tanks of it. It's a bubbly drink made with rye bread or, or beets, as this version. And it's an all-natural bubbly drink without any added sugar. And kvass is spelled K-V-A-S-S, I see, from the deep red jar of the stuff. That's correct. And... Now, bread is involved in the making of a liquid? I think I've yeah, heard of such a heard, thing yeah, before. So Tell me about that. That's the most uh, popular traditionally in Russia is a uh, rye bread kvass. They'll call it like Russian uh, brown bread. I think it's something, uh, I forget what you call it, but it's the really, it's, it's actually rye flour. And so it's that really dense, 100% rye. Uh, Mill Pond Bakery, it's a wonderful local bakery at the farmer's market. They make an amazing Lithuanian rye bread. Mm. And so it's it's amazing dense bread. There's no, there's no wheat in there. Uh, it's his culture, his sourdough culture for it is like hundreds of years old, but they would, the Russians would take the old stale bread, float it in liquid, maybe pitch a little yeast in, and you get this wonderful rye, bready, bubbly drink that is um, not alcoholic, but it's got the little bubbles to it, and it's got a lot of beneficial bacteria. It's a great healthy elixir and uh, alternative to soda. And that brings to mind the idea that fermenting can do just about anything you want. Uh, you can, as you said, you can do alcoholic beverages, but you don't have to do alcoholic beverages. They don't even have to be 
beverages. You were mentioning kimchi and pickles and stuff. Yes. Uh, Yogurt, uh, charcuterie, uh, salami. These are all fermented foods. Uh, Coffee beans are fermented before roasting. Chocolate beans, cacao beans are fermented before roasting. Um, It has a lot of uses. Yeah. This is something that seems to have gone back quite a long time then. And I I think we have time to go back to 3,000 years or so ago because it's only a half-hour show. But um, how did the brinery start? The brinery doesn't go back that far. It does go back to the turn of the century, the year 2000. Wow, way back then. Okay. Yeah. I like to say that because the older I get, I like to say I've been fermenting since the turn of the century. And I learned how to make sauerkraut uh, living on Tantre Farm. It's a local organic vegetable farm. I feel it's really grown to be a pillar of our local foods community. And I got my start out there. They took me in as a youngster. I never went to college, showed up at Tantre, and they said, just go dig some potatoes. And so I've uh, spent quite a while doing that. But I, I looked I liked the idea of growing food and eating it and selling it to people, but also how to preserve it. So it's fun to make jam. It's great to make tomato sauce. But fermenting food is one of the most special ways to preserve food because it's a raw product from start to finish. And you're actually increasing dramatically the the health benefits by the creating an environment for these beneficial bacteria mm. to, to do the fermentation process. And they... Uh, they they're pretty good for us. In fact, I would say it's integral to uh, being a healthy human to have uh, your intestinal flora, that bacteria, really, really thriving and abundant. So fermented foods uh, help that out? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the human body, we're 10 times, over 10 times as much bacteria cells as human cells. So we really... In, in, wait, we, we actually have... In our bodies? In our bodies. We are like 10 times more bacteria cells than human cells. So it really like, it just, it gets cosmic. Like, what does it mean to be human? We uh-huh. are a vessel transporting bacteria, even mitochondria in our, in our cells. They have their own, there are little bacteria that are like trapped within our own cells that uh, have their own DNA. And like, it's... Really? Wow. It's, yeah, it gets pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. So... All of that in a jar of sauerkraut. That's very profound in one jar of sauerkraut, I think. It is. And it's also just a cultural food. It's a condiment, but it's the way I'm pretty convinced, you know, not to be like a zealot about it, but we would not exist today. We, you and I would not be having this conversation today unless this whole string of amazing events, all of our ancestors, ancestors goes back thousands of years. They, our ancestors found ways to preserve food and to make food safe and to be able to eat through the long cold winters and to preserve food because you know not until up until within the past you know 75 years there was not the refrigeration that we have today and there was like the pasteurization and the industrial food system people out of necessity preserve food and if you think of you go into zingerman's deli and you look on the top shelf and that most fancy expensive cheese or salami or vinegar these are all products of fermentation that were born out of necessity but then they developed these like amazing specific flavor profiles and now it's like the top shelf expensive food but it was peasants in all over the world figuring out how to preserve food wow and you were at Tantre Farm, which, remind me where that is. It's it's close to Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, it's west of uh, Ann Arbor, like, uh, near Chelsea, west of Chelsea. Okay. And so you had this cabbage that you wanted to preserve, which, like you said, you couldn't, ju- well, you could... You couldn't freeze cabbage. No. Well, see, you could, but to me, that's just silly. That's so much energy. The beautiful thing about preserving through fermentation is there's, there's absolutely no energy. You're not heating it up. You're not 
keeping it refrigerated. You're just a cellar temperature. Most of these fine things, everything from cheese to wine to sauerkraut, they all ferment really well in that kind of cellar temperatures underground, the cheese cave or the old cellar. And I, every every week I'm at the farmer's market and somebody will walk up and look at the sauerkraut and say, I remember my grandpa and his stinky cracker kraut in the basement. <laughs> and it's it's it was just a part of life. And so it's, yeah. Okay. Very cool. So I'm talking here to David Klingenberger, the Chief Fermenting Officer of the Brinery, which is based in Ann Arbor. And I'd like to talk in just a little bit about uh, how you start a business that's got all this uh, colorful stuff in jars. Um, But first, we're going to hear a song that's been fermented for a while. This has been fermented, I believe, since the early 70s. This is The Meters. And if you listen closely, I don't think there are any words, but it's called... Cabbage Alley, and I think you can hear that if you taste the sound very closely. Here we go. It goes like this.
I know you can feel the fermentation in that song. That is uh, Cabbage Alley. Try it again. That's Cabbage Alley by The Meters. And uh, I said, okay, let's see if I can find Cabbage Alley. So looking in Google Maps, I do find Cabbage Alley Apartments in New Orleans. There's also Cabbage Hill Road in Clymer, New York, Cabbage Road in Caldwell, Ohio, Cabbage Street in Claypool, Virginia, and Cabbage Ridge Road in Elkmont, Alabama. But there's only one Cabbage Alley, apparently. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm here with David Klingenberger, the Chief Fermenting Officer of the Brinery. Hello. Feeling fermented? Feeling all right? Yes, sir. Well, tell me about how the brinery went from being something that you were standing in a field with a bunch of cabbage, trying to think what to do with it, into an actual business. How'd that work? I uh, I started in Tantre Farm back, you know, 12, 15 years ago. Uh, went traveling for the past 10 years off and on. Come back to Tantre Farm. Uh, I was living on Catalina Island off the coast of California doing environmental education, teaching kids about sustainability, but feeling kind of disconnected from it. You know, they all go to the lunchroom and it's kind of the same kind of cafeteria food, uh-huh. but we would teach them about gardening. And I, I, I felt a need to get back, you know, get my hands in it. Came back to Tantre Farm in the fall of 2009 and Richard owns Tantre Farm had a bumper crop of cabbage that year. Mm. You know, every year is a little different. He had about... Uh, I think like 70 cases, each case about 50 pounds of excess cabbage. I'm trying to think that's, is that a ton of cabbage? That's I don't... a little over a ton of cabbage, wow. I believe. Yeah. Um, and I thought, hey, I'll make some sauerkraut. And it was going to be a little winter gig. I was going to go back to this island camp and teach kids about sustainability. And that something kind of went off in my brain a little. I think like the fermentation fairy kind of visited me and I thought, this is a great opportunity to start a business. I'm an entrepreneur. I like the hustle. I love, you know, making a product and and selling it to people in my community. And I thought, what a great niche. I developed a lot of business ties in the local foods community through all my years at Tantre Farm. And I'd build what we like to call social capital. You know, I didn't have a lot of money. I had like 300 bucks in my pocket, but Richard had a pile of cabbage. He was willing to make a deal. And I started making sauerkraut. I sold it bootleg out of the back of the, uh, the truck for a little bit, got enough money. Oh my goodness. Bootleg. Bootleg kraut. Wow. You know, it's a good thing. It was amongst friends, you know, like, you know. There you go. And uh, got enough money together, and it was my test. And I thought, you know what? There's a, there's a need for this. People like it. And uh, and I thought, this is such a good idea that if I don't do it, somebody else should. And so I kind of jumped right into it uh, full full force and uh, just went from there and found a commercial kitchen to start making it in an, um, at Appleshram Orchard, which is way up there in Okemos, uh, you know, west of Lansing. So I was driving up there, making in a little commercial kitchen there, and then found a place here eventually in Ann Arbor, and I've just grown ever since, and it's about three years later, and got s- about six employees, and we're in about 40 to 50 stores and restaurants all over Michigan, and uh, we're just keep expanding and keep growing and keep buying more local family farm produce and turning it into sauerkraut, because it enables us to eat local year-round once it's fermented. Right. You can open your jar of sauerkraut or kimchi in the middle of January. and Absolutely. Or pickles. And you also, I, I've noticed on your website, you are the chief fermenting officer. You also have a director of brine. Yeah, these are terms that uh, will evolve <laughs> as we go. We kind of just make up terms. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of fun. I really enjoy owning my own business and being the boss. I cannot get fired. I can make All right. the, yes, I can make mistakes, but we learn from them and it's fun. We just, I have a business consultant and he said, keep having fun and building the culture around your business. We are a business that cultures food. It's a culture food. Go. There you go. And so part of it is just having fun with it and 
the director of Brian, I, I, he's more of like the business operations manager. We also have like a production manager who who is overseeing the the making of all the of all of our product lines. And I'm running around kind of crazy and uh, crossing my eyes and looking towards the the, the future. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What's what's the phrase from the Marx Brothers? Is it forward in all directions? See, that's great. They some of the most such wisdom has come from Groucho Marx's mouth. <laughs> it's absolutely true. So um, you also have to deal with a lot of jars, right? A lot of jars and lids. Lots lot, of jars and lids. Lots of jars and lids. And I never thought I'd be so interested in jars. But, you know, like this Kvass bottle, I can say, is one of my favorite bottles. It's an apothecary bottle. This is an old-fashioned elixir-type bottle. And I like it because it's it's a stately, elegant, sexy bottle. I oh, yeah. yeah I, can, I can agree. This is a sexy bottle. Yes. Okay. And, you know, who knew that we'd one day, you know, be looking at bottles like that. It's not about the packaging only. It's also what's on the inside. And, uh, but yeah, so we we buy a lot of jars uh, by the pallet full. And we ha- warehouse them at a place called the Washtenaw Food Hub, which is a very exciting new project. I'm, I, I, it's, it's, it's building momentum. Uh, the owner of Tantre Farm, Richard Andres, uh, spearheaded it. He's a visionary. He found this property on Whitmore Lake Road, just north of Ann Arbor. And there's a large where- pull barn warehouse type situation. And it is being in, is in the process of being turned into a, a food hub, a place to store, distribute, store, process, and distribute local food. Everything from the raw potatoes and carrots and cabbage, um, it, you know, coming in stored in big bins, and then the brineer will be there turning it into sauerkraut, and then there will be food distribution happening there. People will come to get their food there, but we'll also have our distribution going out into the communities from there. So the Washtenaw Food Hub is something I've been hearing a lot about, and we're going to talk a lot more about that on this show because it's, it's that's a lot of work and a lot of uh, effort, but we'll definitely spend a half an hour on that. <laughs> but uh, the brinery uh, continues on, and... Um, you don't have a retail location, do you? A specific brinery store? Brinery? Not yet. At the Food Hub, there will be a storefront there. That's very exciting. But our storefront is the farmer's market. I'm a, I mean, since the turn of the century, I started going to the farmer's market for Tantre Farm as a young man. I was like 20 years old, and I'm 34 now. And I have grown, you know, grown my business and grown myself up being a vendor down there and that's where I first started. I when I started this business, there was not even a question of where to start. And I I'm so glad to be rooted in the local foods community because what a great opportunity to sell direct to the our customers. I we are a community. It's a gathering place. We're there every Wednesday and Saturday. We also go to Eastern Market in Detroit. And that's what I would consider our storefront at this point. That's where you can get talk to us, see what's the newest, weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. We sell our test batches. We got people come and say, What's the newest, weirdest thing? Mm-hmm. And we'll say, Oh yes, over here we have test batch number five. And people Mysterious, love Mysterious, like a is that like a white label, the version of a white label 45 that yeah. doesn't not really exist, but it's, yeah. you can eat it. You can Ex- exactly. drink it, maybe. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, I got another cabbage song. This one is a lot shorter than the last one, uh, and it also has the words bile in it. Bile them, cabbage down, and I wish I'd researched the Did use Did you say bile them? B-I-L-E, bile them, cabbage down. And who is this? This is Hank Williams. Wow. And this is from a CD collection called The Health and Happiness Shows, which I guess were some radio shows. And you and I were just talking off the air. One doesn't 
sadly associate Hank Williams with either health or happiness <laughs> too often. Poor guy. But bile, there's some bile involved here. Definitely some bile, <laughs> and ultimately bringing a lot of other people health and happiness. Uh, a lot of tunes on this double disc set from these radio shows, and this is a tune called Bile Them Cabbage Down. I'm going to have to look up the origin of the use of word bile, which I guess means boil, I assume. Oh, yeah. Boil them cabbage down. Yeah. So let's hear Hank Williams and his group. Again, you may have to listen closely for the sound of the cabbage because it's instrumental. It goes a little something like this. He didn't get a chance to ball him. He just got to stew him a little bit on that around there. Yep, yep, yep. I'm glad we got a little bit of Hank in there from the Health and Happiness shows. Uh, I'm speaking while typing the name of the song there because you can look on WCBN.org, by the way. First of all, if you're, you're in your car, you can listen to us on WCBN.org. You can also see the name of the song I just typed in in case you just missed me saying that that was Hank Williams' Bile Them Cabbage Down. And the name of the cabbage song I played before that, too, all at WCBN.org. So, this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. I'm with David Klingenberg, uh, the chief fermenting officer uh, of the brinery based in Ann Arbor. And um, I think, ultimately, when you have a business, it culminates in the stuff, the stuff you have and the imagination you put into this stuff, I think it's interesting to see people starting businesses and coming up with, take, take their imagination and turn it into foods. And I guess I'd like to hear some of the names of some of the foods you got. I was just reading about something called Route 31. Yes. That's spelled R-O-O-T 31. What's that all about? Oh, I love this. This ties into your whole musical theme uh root 31 so it's spelled r-o-o-t because turnips are a root this is an egyptian turnip pickle but uh, one of my favorite roads in michigan is route 31 over there on the west side of the state uh one of my favorite spots on lake michigan is right off of route 31 route 31 and it goes all the way from the gulf of mexico mexico all up to pretty much you know tip of the lower peninsula of michigan and i just thought that it'd be kind of cool to have that kind of old-timey you know, Route 31. And it kind of sounds, it just sounded good. Yeah. yeah, it does, actually. Now, you said an Egyptian turnip pickle. Is that one thing I'm trying to conceptualize? It's, well, it, it, Middle Middle East, the Middle East, you know, that general area, there's, uh, there's this type of turnip pickle is very popular. You'll see them, a lot of Mediterranean restaurants, Middle Eastern restaurants, they'll serve them with chicken shawarma. They're, they're, it's a very red color, and that's from the red beets, but it's mostly a pickled turnip with a little garlic and it lends itself very well to that fermentation process and it's one of our favorite favorite products so it's a a pickled turnip yep it's a naturally brine fermented pickled turnip okay and a small a little small one yeah, yeah nice little slivers of them we have other products one of our flagship sauerkrauts is called storm cloud zapper I think we we may have some storm. I'm, we're deep inside the uh, the bunker of WCB, and I don't know if it's storming yet, but it looked like some possible storm clouds. But speaking of which, yes. So, and that's kind of why we uh, named it that. You know, we think about there's a there's a it's cabbage, beets, and ginger, and we think of like you know the middle of winter. There's like that deep red beetiness and that ginger, and it kind of zaps the storm clouds away. Also, the true story is it it's a, a cloud zapper is actually a 
playful, somewhat derogatory term for, not even derogatory, but for for people who are kind of spacey, like, uh-huh. oh, look at that cloud zapper, man. You know, it's it's a, it's a, what my friend called uh, spaced out hippies. Okay. So that's uh, that's where that came from. I think I found my calling. I am, <laughs> I am a cloud zapper. I, you might actually be a, a cloud zapper. I am a cloud zapper. That's, You've elevated it to the highest level possible. I finally know who I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a jar of... Storm cloud zapper. Storm cloud sauerkraut. I'm like a jar of sauerkraut. <laughs> but this sauerkraut is a deep red. That's the thing. And I think a lot of us think of sauerkraut sauerkraut as being like a yellowish color. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, the most basic sauerkraut is just a green cabbage sauerkraut, but we're taking an ancient traditional method of food preservation and using our modern sensibilities and our own, you know, moral compass, and we're coming up with all kinds of varieties. Uh, We made... Tantre Farm grew abundance of rutabaga. Every year it's like, what is Tantre going to have a lot of this year? Last fall it was rutabaga. Rutabaga, oh, man, I highly recommend doing a show just about rutabaga one day. It's what a powerful, it is my totem uh, vegetable to be, to be quite honest. Wow. It's a powerful vegetable. It's true sustenance. It's deep calorie. You know, the old world before the potato came from the new world back to the old world, the peasants ate rutabaga and parsnips and it's uh, uh, rutabaga. Uh, the translation is uh, ram root. Mm. So it's a very powerful, powerful root. And we made a bunch of that. We mixed it with cabbage. So the rutabaga has a deep yellow color. So we have a nice uh, ram root. It's called ram root. Uh, and it's got rutabaga and cabbage. And it's a deep yellow. I, um, I do a sauerkraut called sea stag. And that has uh, turmeric in it. So there's a deep, deep like orange color to it. And we have mm. a little seaweed in there. So we like to try to explore the different realms and have colors, like deep natural colors uh, as part of our food. And you have kimchi as well, and people can look up all this at your website? Our newly launched website, thebrinery.com. It was just launched. Uh, It's full of fun. Come and visit. And uh, yeah, we have a product list. We have an online store. Um, There is a brinery jingle right on the site if you just want to hear our brinery jingle sometime. (laughs) It's a lost art. It's a lost art, yes. Well, thank you, David, from the brinery for coming by Pandora's Lunchbox. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, next is Arwolf and Face the Music. Time flies. The show is coming to a head. I've been Mike for at least a half hour, and we've been looking at the brinery and fermented foods. And speaking of cabbages and coming to a head, fortunately, we have a song called Cabbage Head to end the show. That's the best news of all. Dr. John from his album Going Back to New Orleans, which we're doing again. We started there with that song by the meters. Now we're going back to New Orleans. Dr. John will send us out and then keep listening to WCBN and never stop doing that. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Last night I come home Tired as a man can be I saw a mule in my stable Where my mule is supposed to be I said, wake up Explain this stuff to me Whose mule is that in my stable Where my mule is supposed to be He said, I hush your mouth You're talking real silly Open up your eyes and see That ain't nothing but a milk cow That the farmer man left to me I've been all over the world 
in the Gulf of Mexico. But that's the first time I ever seen a milk cow with a saddle on his back before. The next night when I come home, tired as a man could be, I saw a hat on my dresser drawers. Where my hat is supposed to be I said, wake up, Sally Explain this stuff to me Whose hat is that on my dresser? Where my hat is supposed to be She said, now hush your mouth You're talking real silly Open up your eyes and see That ain't nothing but old cabbage That the grocery man left to me Now I've been all over the world To the Gulf of Mexico I ain't never seen no cabbage With a hat on his head before Next night when I come home, tired as a man could be, I see some guy on my front porch where I'm supposed to be. I say, wake up, Sally, plain as mess to me. Who's this guy on my front porch where I'm supposed to be? Now hush your mouth, you're acting real ignorant Open up your eyes and see That ain't nothing but a shadow You are always accusing me Now I've been all over this world Down to the Gulf of Mexico But I ain't never stumbled over a shadow In my whole life before Always good to hear from Dr. John. Thank you, Mike Perini. And uh, thank you, Mike Perini, for playing no less than three different songs with Cabbage in the title. This is why WCBN-FM Ann Arbor endures for behavior like this. Um, Tonight on Face the Music, this is Face the Music. My name is R. Wolf, R. Wolf. And we're inaugurating a series of programs that are zoologically inspired zoologically inclined, depending on which way you want to lean. That means that it's all about animals. It's one of my favorite themes to revisit now and again with hopelessly outmoded music that's timeless nonetheless. We're calling the series The Animal Dance, 